0: From Los Angeles, California, this is the Writer's Strike Chronicles, and I'm Tanya Barnes. Hello, everybody. Today is Friday, January 18th, 2008, day 75 of the Writer's Strike. In today's episode, we meet up with John Bowman, Chairman of the Negotiating Committee for the Writers Guild of America at the picket lines in front of Fox Studios. Now, before we begin, just a couple of news and notes. First up, at the time of this recording, which is late Thursday night, the AMPTP and the DGA announced that they have reached a tentative agreement on the terms of their new contract. On the AMPTP's website, the formal statement read, quote, The agreement between the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers and the Directors Guild of America establishes an important precedent. Our industry's creative talent will now participate financially in every emerging area of new media. The agreement demonstrates beyond any doubt that our industry's producers are willing and able to work with the creators of entertainment content to establish fair and flexible rules for this fast-changing marketplace. We hope that this agreement with the DGA will signal the beginning of the end of this extremely difficult period for our industry. Today, we invite the Writers Guild of America to engage with us in a series of informal discussions similar to the productive process that led us to a deal with the DGA to determine whether there is a reasonable basis for returning to formal bargaining. We look forward to these discussions and to the day when our entire industry gets back to work. Unquote. Then, on the DGA's website, highlights of the new agreement were given and feature... Increases both wages and residual basis for each year of the contract. Establishes DGA jurisdiction over programs produced for distribution on the Internet. Establishes DGA jurisdiction over programs produced for distribution on the Internet. Establishes new residuals formula for paid Internet downloads that essentially doubles the rate currently paid by employers. And establishes residual rates for ad-supported streaming and use of clips on the Internet. Finally, the Writers Guild of America posted on their website the following statement... Quote, now that the DGA has reached a tentative agreement with the AMPTP, the terms of the deal will be carefully analyzed and evaluated by the WGA, the WGA's Negotiating Committee, the WGAW Board of Directors, and... And the WGAE Council. We will work with the full membership of both sides to discuss our strategies for our own negotiations and contract goals and how they may be affected by such a deal. Now, for more information, visit each organization's website, which is as follows For the Directors Guild of America, that's DGA.org. For the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, that's amptp.org. And for the Writers Guild of America, that's wga.org. Okay, second up. It looks like my listeners liked my guest host, Bill Funt, who was featured in a few episodes earlier this week. So that means Bill gets to stay and participate in this little podcast, to which I say, yay! I find he brings a warmth and a sparkle to the show And also, it's just, I don't know It makes the work less formidable to come out to the strike lines And talk to complete strangers when you got a buddy I'm really enjoying his company And not only that, he's pretty easy to work with And he brings fresh ideas to the show So yay, yay, yay Now, just one more thing before we begin, and that is, I received this voice message today from one of my listeners. His name is Michael Harn, and he friended me on Facebook after listening to my podcast. Let's listen to what Michael had to say.
1: Hi, Tanya. This is Michael Harn. I'm from Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, I uh, figured I'd give you a call. Uh,
2: I was the one that sent you the uh, message through Facebook about the negotiations with David Letterman. Love the show. Keep it up and um, take care. Well uh, this is just kind of a personal myth. It's just encouraging you to keep doing it. I appreciate it. Take care now. See ya.
0: Thanks, Michael. I really appreciate your support and the shout-out, and it encourages me to continue. Probably more than I can possibly convey. I'm just wondering, and and maybe you could call me back or hit me on Facebook, but I just want to know how you found out about my show. And if anybody's listening out there wants to leave a message like Michael did and talk about anything relative to the strike, feel free to call 310-439-8754. Okay, that's it for now. Let's move on with today's episode. Today, Bill and I went to the picket line in front of Fox Studios, where we got a bunch of really cool interviews that we'll be sharing in the next few days. But the last one we got was with John Bowman, chair of the negotiating committee for the WGA. He showed up at the end of the day, presumably to provide information and encouragement for the rumors that had been circulating all week regarding the negotiations between the DGA and the AMPTP. The only bummer is, is that not too long after we began rolling, there was an equipment malfunction. That being a problem, I've edited this episode in such a way as to indicate when it happened and to continue where it made sense to cut back in. I apologize for this, it was a bummer for myself as well. Nevertheless, here we go with John Bowman.
2: you here Oh hi, I'm John Bowman Chairman of the Negotiating Committee Of the Writers Guild of America
0: And what is going on today?
2: Well today is uh, Week Ten is it? Yeah, ten of the that. And we have It's sort of an interesting situation There's a DGA that's negotiating right now It's a negotiation that normally takes them Two days to, to f-
0: Please hang up and try again what was your question again?
1: <laughs> uh, okay, so for those of us who are unfamiliar with you, tell us a bit about your career trajectory and how you...
2: Oh, so I started... I, I went to uh, Harvard College, and then I went to Harvard Business School, but I was on the Harvard Lampoon as, uh, as an undergraduate, and you know, which was sort of a comedy factory, and a lot of my yeah. friends were writers, so I left the business world to become a comedy writer.
1: And so you have some hasty pudding
2: shows under your belt? Uh, yes, one that was unproduced. Oh, uh, okay. Go for Brogue, a Scott Ability Tartan ho- uh, hoedown. Go see it. <laughs> Uh, it's up for sale For anybody who wants it It's filled with puns Then I wrote It's Saturday Night Live uh, And my wife Was a writer there too And What she, era was this? 1988, 1989 Okay Sort of like The Dukakis, Bush John Lovitz Dana right. Carvey Mike Myers was there too His first year So it was a great a Great group of people To write for
1: This was when Some people were Transitioning out And some people Were transitioning in Right, like the right. But it was At this
2: time It was sort of felt That the show Had come back That it was doing sure. well again Sure And then I uh, came out to write for the first Gary Shandling show. Uh, And then I was co-head writer at In Living Color after that. Then I created a show for Martin Lawrence called Martin. Wow. Then I I, uh, ran Murphy Brown for a year. And then I've done, you know, I've I've done a number of shows. Some have succeeded, some haven't. right now I'm doing uh, a show with Frank Caliendo on TBS called The Frank Show. That's uh, a late night show at 11 o'clock. So, and then as far as the guild work or negotiating work, since I had an MBA, and because I feel an enormous gratitude to all the writers that that I've worked with throughout my career, I thought it would be a good opportunity to give something back to the community that's, that's certainly supported me.
1: When you were getting your MBA, was it always with the intention of becoming a writer, or... No, I
2: think it was just sort of a desperate thing I didn't know what else to do with my life And it was an easy, it wasn't an easy thing to do But it was was something that was available to me The easiest choice I had, I would say
1: And so then how did the, I mean it sounded like not long after that, you became a writer. Right. So yeah,
2: it... what happened after, after a couple of years where I, I worked in uh, mergers and acquisitions, uh, mm-hmm. I had, uh, my wife actually got a job on Saturday Night Live. What's her name? Her name is Shannon Gaughan. She's a WGA West member, too. Okay. And she got a lot of stuff on the air uh, right away. And okay. so I think they hired me just to sort of keep her happy. I see. Um, and then she, you know, she was f- flown out by Norman Lear to develop shows for him. Uh, she, writ, she wrote some uh, Family Ties uh, scripts that were did very well, and so I sort of was. have ru- something to do with that? No, no. That, oh. yeah, Gary Goldberg, uh, you right, know, was right, was right, the right. executive uh, producer of that. I, but true. but normally, wrote her scripts and we really liked it, so he had her come out. Okay. And then she, you know she wrote, but then we had five children together, and then she had to sort of stop. But she's still a great writer, and as soon as our four year old is six, she'll start. She'll, she'll start back. aggressively doing it again. Okay. And I, in the meantime, you know, and I've I've done shows on and off forever. Uh, But this was, I thought, I mean, I could see this negotiation coming up as something that was going to be really important. Mm -hmm. So I thought this was, you know, I was. imagine I I was one of the few writers that had a Harvard MBA, and I thought I should probably, this would be a unique chance to use it for the community. So
1: how did you get into this end of it? Were you approached to handle the
2: negotiation? Well, Patrick had talked to me a while ago about running for the board, and I ran for the board. Mm -hmm. And then after I was on the board, and, and I was involved in the last negotiation in 2004, he asked me, and the board approved of me to be the chairman of the negotiating committee because I had enough familiarity with the contract and with the economics from both sides—the management side and our side.
1: So you've seen the front lines a little more closely than a lot of people out here have. Give us a report. What are you? Well, it's,
2: it's amazing to me how uh, how unified the membership is, which isn't to say that there isn't dissent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what dissent there is tends to be tactical. You know, people saying. We think you should be doing this, right. or we should think we, you should be doing that. But people are united behind our goals of getting fair representation on the Internet, which mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which isn't like the other strikes. I think that's why we've been able to hold it and sustain our unity for so long.
1: How many strikes have you been through? This
2: is my first one. I, first I, I became one, okay. a Guild member in 89, oh, okay. right after the 88 So just strike. after the other one. Yeah, just after the other one.
1: Okay, okay. Is there any misconceptions that people have about the strike that you think you'd like to clear up now? Not that you think you'd like to, that you'd definitely like to clear up now.
2: Well, I think, I think there's a sense, you know, people I, I sometimes get a sense that we as, as leadership are have a very specific goal mm-hmm. that's separate from what, uh, what, a, what the membership might have. And I think we're all absolutely united. Our, our goal is to be represented on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And what we'll do, and people are also saying we're, they're terrified that there's going to be, an, or, uh, an overly harsh reaction to whatever the DGA does and I think no I think our reaction will be very neutral and we'll look at their deal and we'll spend a long time studying it and then uh, you know our, our greatest hope is that we can use it as a basis of our negotiation going forward uh, but that will depend on the terms of their deal
0: what if, what if you guys get a better deal than they do you think uh, they'll try to go back that would be wonderful
2: that would be great I think I uh, think Uh, what i i I think what we anticipate doing isn't getting it's not better or worse but doing a deal that that fits our community's needs i mean their deal is going to be absolutely the best they can do for the directors and we're going to do a deal that's absolutely best for the riders
0: okay you mentioned you have five children yes um what do you tell your kids and what are their age ranges what do you tell your kids about the strike
2: well, I have twins that are 20, and they're in college, and they've actually walked the picket line in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, they've, they've been there out of the strike. My other children uh, are, have become uh, radicalized by the whole process. They've studied the issues, and they've, you know, they've certainly seen me give a blow-by-blow account of what's happened each night after negotiations, and uh, I think uh, the, the, the Guild can count on their support in the future, should they become writers.
0: Okay. Um, do you hear what they have to endure in school from the other students? Oh, absolutely,
2: yeah. They tend to go to school with more management-oriented uh, okay. people, and I, I just tell them how to talk to them. You know, the big thing is, is we're not putting anybody out, of work, anybody out of work. This is the other side left the negotiating table, not us, and that what we're doing is something that's going to protect every union going forward, and that, that it's important that we get it right.
1: Okay. Say more about that, about it's going to protect every union.
2: Well, it's, I mean, if, if, if no union is represented on the Internet going forward, then it is truly, it's the Wild West. It's, it's a free-for-all again. There's no minimum standards. For IA, you know, none of their hard-fought-for union rights will be preserved if we don't get this right. Our problem is that we're the first ones to go into negotiations in the, uh, in the Internet era, and so that's made it harder on us. I think everybody else, we're sort of trailblazers, everybody else will have an easier time, but, but we had to grapple with this enormous issue of compensation on the Internet, and we've worked very hard. We worked hard in a preliminary stage, uh, and we're, we're still working hard. But it is something that, simply by virtue of us going first, I think a lot of people in the other unions got, or in the IA, I would say, specifically, and somewhat to the DGA, that we were being unnecessarily aggressive. But I think, you know, having been a part of this negotiation from the beginning, I think we've always been reasonable. I would say that the problem with this negotiation with the other side just did not want to deal with the Internet. They were hoping to postpone it. And our experience is, if we don't get it right early on, we really don't get another shot at it. So, so that's been the problem.
1: Now, as this goes on, I mean, it's a little personal, but you know, as this goes on and we don't know when it's going to end, I mean, how are you feeling? Are you worrying? Are you feeling more resolve? Are you feeling... What's your emotional
2: point? No, I, I think our resolve is exactly the same going forward. I think we have the same... You know, our goals are the same. I think I'm hopeful that the DGA will deliver a deal that could be a template for both of the other guilds. I'm, I can't say that with any certainty that they will, but I hope for that. And there are a lot of pressures on, not only on us, and we're all feeling it as a membership. You know, we've, we've been out of work for a couple of months now. And, but uh, you've
1: been involved with guild politics pretty consistently anyway, though, right? Yeah,
2: for, for, for a number of years. Okay, okay. And I, I, what I will guarantee everybody is that we will be reasonable, we will represent the members of our our membership we won't do anything that the membership as a whole doesn't agree with, it's going to be something, when the DJ deal comes down, the membership will look at it collectively and we'll decide what to do going forward
0: I'm a member of SAG, can you say anything to the SAG? Oh SAG has
2: been, I think SAG has been the huge boost to us, I think people were shocked at what happened in the Golden Globes, I think that's the first time management got a sense that it's not just us, but that it's SAG too and and that's a terrifying thing. If if they have two labor actions in the same year, that's something I don't think anybody on the other side wants to be a part of. So, even if they w- were able to jam something down our throats, they, that doesn't mean SAG will will accept it later on. So the best thing for them to do would be to sit down and negotiate with both of us. Now, I mean, if SAG doesn't have a deal by March, it's almost a de facto uh, work stoppage because they need. If the contract expires in June and they go out. You know, nobody wants to be in the middle of a movie where your actors go out. Look, it's the best thing for all of us to get this resolved. I wish that they had sat down with us in December and actually made a concerted effort to resolve this. But they're more comfortable with DGA. I mean, the fact is, that the same people at DGA have been there for twenty years. The same people at the T P have been there for twenty years. So they have a relationship.
1: So that, and, and that's the only reason that they're more comfortable is simply because it's well, in
2: institutional existence. reasons. The, the DGA has traditionally delivered things for them that we haven't and, and especially in an era of the internet I think they felt, well the DGA doesn't care as much as the, uh, the internet is, as uh, the WGA does, I don't think that's true I think it's encouraging that the DGA's been out as long as they have in this negotiation I honestly think they're making a considered effort to try to deliver both the WGA and SAG, but only the WGA and SAG can make a determination whether they have done that or not but we certainly appreciate the effort
0: Okay, Um, should we ask him our famous question, or should we just go to the final?
1: I'd say let's ask him the famous question. Okay. Especially, people are now going to want to know what the famous question is. Um, What do you think was the more important invention, the Internet or the printing press? Printing press. Say more about that. I think the... uh,
2: Uh, dissemination of information at that particular point in time, the democratization. It's been a steady democratization of information, which has been been great. But that particular, I always think the first one who does it should get credit for that.
0: Anything else as we wrap this up?
2: No, I say everybody stay strong. Know that you're being led by a rational, reasonable group of people who have your interests at heart, and will continue to do so
0: until we have a contract. Thank you very much. Thank Thank
1: Thank you very much.
0: You have been listening to the Rider Strike Chronicle podcast, available for free through iTunes. For more information, visit us at www.strikechronicles.com. To contact us, please call 310-439-8754 or send us an email at info at strikechronicles.com.